What's up all you disco dancing dinosaurs? This is Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. Um, I'm Chad Michael Innes. I'm one of your hosts of this wonderful, delightful, daisy-riddled podcast. And over here on the other side of the screen, if you're watching visually live here on twitch.tv slash affableidiots, we have a cartoon of Holden Departa because he's naked right now (laughs) because it's so hot in Rhode Island and Twitch won't let us show his nipples. So we have his memoji instead. (laughs) Say hello, Holden. Hi, I'm not naked. I'm just really gross looking because I'm sweating just by sitting because it's so hot and humid right now. Well, I would say and prove I don't wanna, it, I don't but put that out you there. can't without showing us your nipples. So <laughs> for everyone else at home, <laughs> just pretend he's naked. <laughs> this is what Holden's voice sounds like naked. Usually he wears a, a mask. I was thinking, what is, a, what is clothes for your voice? It's a mask. And yes, we've been wearing those for the last 16 months. Welcome, everyone, to episode 215 of the show. We have uh, finally made it to the other side of E3. We had our impressions a few days ago, a little less than a week ago, with Trevor Bettis from all of the podcasts in the world. I realized, hold on, we didn't even talk about, like, a good chunk of the events. Like, we didn't mention Devolver Digital, which was one of the best events, and they were great. There were so I didn't many... even see Devolvers. I totally forgot to. You silly Billy Gumdrop. Yeah, there were a lot of really cool looking, like uh, Wizards with Guns, I think was the name of one of them. Uh, looks super dope. It kind of looks like a Bastion-esque art style um, and it's four-player like survival. It, it, looks, it looks dope. Anyway, so we're on the other side of that. We're coming out. Oh, We've got a, a, a little bit of news. Uh, we've got a follow-up on the Blue Box weird-ass conspiracy that we talked about last time uh new pc store stuff for microsoft commission wise housemark and maybe another studio are officially first party at sony and a lot more but first we have our main quest today talking about will sony have a summer summer event and what do we want to see i'm not gonna lie it was a big gaping hole in my heart in the world in e3 not having them basically show anything at all in any conference, PlayStation-wise, um, at E3, and it was—I uh, I missed it a lot. Hold on, did you did you miss it too? Say yes. Say you missed it. Hold on, hold on. Are you still there? No. Oh my God! You said no. Um. <laughs> so we have yeah. We is there are there rumors right now that they're gonna have a summary? It's a little delay, by the way. Is there? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a delay, yeah. It sounds like there's a lot um, of delay. So that, there's will a lot some... of delay. Yeah. Actually, in your, on Discord, your voice is way off from your your audio. From your video, I mean. Dope. Hey, we're going to take a, a very short second. We're going to leave the call. We're going to come right back. I'll see you soon in a second. I'll miss you so much. Is it better now? Oh, it it looks so sexy. Does it? Yeah. All right, we're back. There's less of a delay. There's, uh, we might there's do that nothing sexier more than voices being in sync with the this video. We've been delaying, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, maybe it's cool, the internet cool. at your place, because that's, that's kind of the new factor. No, I am maybe. now. I'm hooked up to Ethernet, and I've got 400 gigabits upload speed, and I've got 600 down speed, so I feel Ooh. pretty good here. Um, but I think it's just Discord because it was having the same issue last time. 
Anyway, okay. hey, so we're going to talk about PlayStation and, and an event. Like, they haven't really announced anything. I haven't really seen any rumors about them potentially having an event. All we know that's really coming this summer is maybe some peppered stuff from Summer Games Fest, and we know that EA Play is coming at the end of July. But Holden, what do we want to see from PlayStation should they choose to accept the challenge? What do you think is missing? Um, I mean, just their presence in general. I was joking earlier, like I totally felt that gap of just no Sony and not having any of that kind of content during E3. Um, yeah, there is there is like a mild rumor that there's going to be an event on July 8th and that the announcement will go out, I guess, Wednesday. It'll come out tomorrow, apparently. I think that's Black I don't Widow. Know. I think These... you're thinking about Black Widow. <laughs> Disney's going to announce Black Widow tomorrow as a partnership with, with Sony. <laughs> I mean, maybe. They got Spider-Man. Yeah. The audio went out of sync again, by the way, but I think we can just... I think we'll just deal with it. All right. If it becomes really distracting, then I'll just freaking put a blindfold on and jump off of my balcony onto a pillow. As long as there's a pillow there, I don't want you to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. And don't jump on the Tesla because that wouldn't be good. So July um, 8th is supposed to be announced also, tomorrow? Rumors have been so bad. Yeah, but rumors have been so bad lately. Like, how often do we hear, guys, tomorrow Switch Pro is going to be announced? Like, right. I, the rumors have been really, really bad lately. So, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen. It, I, they, I do think they have to do something during the summer, though. Because what does the end of the year for Sony look like right now? A big, fat nothing. <laughs> like, there's there's nothing there. We know there are some games in the pipeline. Gran Turismo 7, God of War, and uh, Horizon. But... We, two of those are 2022, and it sounds like Horizon might be 2022 as well. Uh, there's that. There's a possible. Yeah. Herman Holtz kind of said that's possible. Um, but in terms of what I want to see, um, I, I honestly just want to see more games. I want to see more PS5 games, not cross-gen games. I just want to see games that are PS5. Right now, every game that we know about is cross-gen. It's a little, to me. And I don't know enough for everyone, but to me, that's a little disappointing. I want to see what these studios got going. Um, I want to see if this rumor of the Ghost of Tsushima, like, spinoff game is, is real. Yeah. Um, I think that would be cool. I just downloaded Ghost of Tsushima again, actually, because I really, really want to get through that and play that, because I liked that a lot when I played it. Um, but yeah, I just kind of just want to see more, I think, is the big thing. And and I specifically want to see more PS5 games. I think that's the, the thing I'm, like, the most butthurt right now about, about Sony. It kind of does annoy me. I know it's stupid, but it does really annoy me. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really... I As I mentioned, I, I miss their presence, but I... I don't think we're going to see anything else about, like, this is coming this holiday. Um, because I feel like if they had something ready to go, we would have heard about it already. Uh, especially first party-wise. And so, with God of War and Horizon being those opportunities for it to come this holiday, I think that that, that ship has sailed. But I still would love to hear, especially with the recent acquisition of Housemark and maybe Bluepoint, I would love to hear, like, what's Bluepoint up to next? Like mm -hmm. if they if they are officially first party, like it's like they potentially might be now. I maybe they don't have to worry about uh, holding their cards to their chest as long, uh, and Sony can kind of work their reveals into their uh, overall roadmap as well. So I would love to hear like, cool, now that they're first party, what's the first exciting thing they're going to be working on? Is it still a remake? Is it some? I want to know. Even is it something completely original for the first time in a long mm -hmm. time that Bluepoint's doing? So I would love to know that. 
Um, and then I really, I think it's time that we heard from, I think you've mentioned this timeline before. It's time that we heard from Naughty Dog about whatever the Uncharted team has mm-hmm. been working on. Uh, those yeah. reveals usually kind of come hand in hand with The Last of Us releasing, and then we hear about what's next in Uncharted and vice versa. And so Every time they've announced a new game, it has been in the same year they released a game. Like, all right, we released a game, then like a few months later they'll announce... Um, their next project, like Last of Us, came out, and then that uh, the PlayStation Experience at the end of that year. Then they showed off um, uh, Uncharted Four: Thieves' End. It wasn't yeah. huge; they just kind of said we're working on it. We didn't see anything, um, so I'm surprised we haven't even gotten a, anything like that. But it, it, yeah, we'll see. Into Blue Point, um, again, the rumor mill is really bad right now. But this one just got me excited. I don't expect this to happen because it's one of those like, nah, this is too good to be true. Um, that there's going to be a their next project is is doing Demon Souls, but for Bloodborne instead, and doing a complete like PS5 remaster of Bloodborne. I feel like it's too soon to do that. I think so but too. But I would yeah. love to see yeah. to do a ground but I think up I would love to see remaster that. or remake of that. I think it's, it's probably too soon. It's too it's too good looking already to do a yeah. complete remaster. They they could just release a PS5 patch for that game, and I'd be happy. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think that, you know, that would be cool to see if it exists, but I don't have a lot of hope for that. Um, the other thing that I kind of crossed my mind is that with Nintendo, we ha- we thought they had an empty slate for the end of the year, and it turns out they have an absolutely rockin' slate. And we kind of thought the same thing about Sony last year. Like, oh, we don't really know what games are going to be for PS5. And it turns out there was a shit ton of games at launch for PS5 that just came out of nowhere. Um, so I do feel like that there is the possibility that they still have cards to play for the year, uh, but they can also rely on some of the existing games that are, we already know are coming out, like Deathloop is going to be technically a fall game now. Oh, that's right. Um, Ghostwire Ghost Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah, so you still have to kind of hear, actually Ghostwire Tokyo in particular, we probably should be hearing about that soon if it if, if it is still coming out this year. Um, so I, I feel like there's still opportunity for new games to, to come out. One of my favorites that is rumored, and but there's no way this is actually happening um, this year, is um, one of the guys who leaked that, um, who leaked Elden Ring and who leaked um, Sekiro, I, I believe it's those two games, has said that From Software is working on another Sony exclusive game. And it's a spiritual successor to Bloodborne. Ooh. It's not Bloodborne 2, it's a spiritual successor. I believe that more than I believe in a Bloodborne remaster. I think that would make sense. Because, um, I mean, that was their hottest game on in the early years of PlayStation 4 was was Bloodborne. And it's a le- it's a that game is a legend to this day. So I feel like maintaining that partnership would make a lot of sense. But again, like, the rumor mill's been so bad lately. <laughs> so, who knows? Um, How many so Dark yeah, Souls spinoffs is too many Dark Souls spinoffs? <laughs> or I guess technically <laughs> Demon Souls spinoffs. At a certain point, though, when does it just become... I see what you're saying. They're absolutely spinoffs. At a certain point, why does it just be like, oh, these are all games in a genre now? You know what I mean? I think I think it would become just games in a genre if From Software wasn't the only one putting out quality versions of these types of things. Yeah, like they're yeah. like Mortal Outside Shell the apparently surge. is just like it. They're, the Surge, you're right. The Surge was a good one, but like other than that, is just hey, this is the type of game From Software makes, and they're all kind of very very similar in style and scope <laughs> and combat. And, yeah. Lord knows that Square Enix did not pull it off with their whatever it was Stranger in Paradise, whatever it was called. Damn, you know, I went to go play that 
I was like, oh, I finally have gotten everything kind of unpacked. I got my TV set up. Let me sit down. I'm going to take a break from work. I'm going to sit down and play this demo real quick. Turn it on and it says, oh, sorry, the time for this has ended. And it was literally like 45 minutes past the end of the demo time. And I was like, oh. son of a bitch. But apparently it wasn't you know what, good. Though? You didn't. Yeah, you didn't really miss anything. It, it's funny because the trailer was obnoxious with like all the bro, you know, sayings of like, oh, eat it or whatever they'd say when they yeah. punch someone. Um, that wasn't even the bad part about the demo. It was just not a good demo. It was not. Souls-like games need to have really refined combat. Otherwise, you're blaming the game for your deaths as opposed to yourself. Yeah. And it, that's what it failed at. So Which like, is I'm just not how convinced I felt with a lot of Jedi Fallen Order's combat. Yes, yes. Absolutely, yeah. Totally with that one. I that is it this is country but EA play. I do really want to see the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order that apparently is being worked on. And me too. I mean, let's face it, they're making it. They're yeah. they're 100% making that game. There's no way they're not making that. But yeah. I so I guess the to kind of sum up our conversation here, um we don't know what they're going to show. We have no idea how to even predict yeah. what they're going to do. <laughs> you know what would actually be anticipating kind of a, something? If it's if it's not necessarily like imminent, like July eighth, or like it's apparently rumored to be, but if it's something a little bit later, end of July, maybe August, whenever PlayStation Experience might be virtually, if it's a little bit later, I could see them showing a little bit, even if it's just like a teaser trailer or like a concept art or something like that, of what Final Fantasy VII Part Two will be. I feel yeah, like we'll talk about that in a little bit too. Yeah. yeah, that's that's something that I was a little surprised we didn't see at Square Enix at E3, but also realizing that like, hey, it's still like it, they're just coming out with the PS5 remaster. They just released Intermission. Um, I is mean, that presuming... still exclusive to PC and in PlayStation? Yeah, it is. Yep. Damn. Damn. I wonder why too, because we always knew it was a timed exclusive. Yeah, Did that change behind the scenes? And even when it got delayed, the the like the it wasn't the retail box said like PlayStation exclusive until and it gave a specific date. And then when it got delayed, they had to change yeah. the date on the box. But now we still have no news on other ports coming of it. Yeah, maybe it got bogged down in COVID. Like they just like we're not prioritizing this. Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. They have to say something about Final Fantasy remake part two maybe they're waiting until they have the full scope of their vision for like the remaining parts like how many parts it's going to be because they probably should when part two comes out come out and say like hey we have an idea of what the trajectory for this kind of semi you know for new franchise not new you know what i'm saying like this yeah. kind of series that we're doing um they should have something along those lines and if that game is presumably going to be like a ps7 launch title they better announce it now with square enix's track record so yep Announce it for PS6 and then delay it to <laughs> PS7. That's what's going to happen, right? God, I know this is not necessarily a Sony thing, but it could be some kind of exclusivity. But man, I'm ready for Final Fantasy 16 stuff. Like, I'm ready for that news. I'm yeah. wondering more about that game. It looks amazing. And on top of that, too, they apparently... I think this is said. I'm pretty sure this was rumored. That like, after the announcement for that, it was a big four-minute trailer, which it seemed pretty done. Um, like, well-polished. It's there. There was talk of how that game is actually farther along than we think, and they don't want to do the whole you know four year you know announce then four years later release it. So I yeah. feel like that should be something we see soon. 
God if someone's going to surprise us, that'd be class. amazing to see at the end of the year. But I feel like if it was, that would just Square Enix would have announced that at their show. Yeah. Um. But, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what we're hoping to see. Hopefully soon. What do we miss? What are you looking for from PlayStation? Other than maybe like actual God of War content, um, like anything more than <laughs> yeah. a teaser of Ragnarok is coming, even though if it's not like even the name of the game, who knows? But the rumor I heard is that July eighth is the event, and it will feature a gameplay demo of God of War, which would be oh, fucking dope. sick. Yeah, yeah. But again, rumor mill. Don't trust it right now. <laughs> it's it's been a mess. <laughs> We're riding that same Final Fantasy train. Let's jump into playtime. Uh, I will mention that's pretty much the only thing that I played this week, but I, I know you played Axiom Verge, and I want to get deep into that. Um, so I'll, I'll talk briefly about I played Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade Intermission, which is an awful, awful title. Um, but that's the PS5 exclusive dlc chapter for the ps4 game final fantasy 7 so you have to have a ps5 in order to play this new chapter with yuffie and um sonan i believe is the other guy's name and it's uh it's an actual offshoot of the game it's something that's it's, you're playing through a story happening with yuffie who's a character that was introduced in the original game as like a thief you run into occasionally on the map and who steals your materia and can be a, a party member but you're playing uh, alongside events that are happening in the original Final Fantasy VII Remake game. And I am I am both blown away and also expected more by what I got out of this. Uh, it's a $20 expansion, or it comes free with the intergrade purchase if you buy the whole game on PS5 and, not, and you didn't get the free upgrade from PS4. Um, but it is... I spent six hours on the campaign... I also, there's like this, this strat, every like Final Fantasy has like this mini game within the game. And it, this one is like a, uh, a real time strategy game on this board and you collect different like, um, troops that you can send out different type ranged ones. There's the whole Pokemon thing. Like ranged are good against defense people. Defense people are good against offensive people. Offensive people are good against ranged. And so there's like this real time strategy game inside of it. And literally I started the game. They introduced that that mini game, this tower defense game, in the beginning of it, like the first 30 minutes. And then that's all I did for the next like two hours <laughs> is there were there were <laughs> little things like, all right, you have to go beat everyone who's level one. And then I did. I'm like, cool, now go beat the th people who are level th two. Got it. Did all those. Three. Got it. And I got all the way through and beat everyone. Um, got the trophy for completing all those games before I even did the entire first mission. Um, which is surprising because I normally like, and I'm not a tower defense, not a real time strategy person, but I was just like super into it. Um, so that was cool. But let's talk about the actual like straight up game. Yuffie has an amazing play style. So she has this, this ninja star that you can, um, attack people with physically. And she has some really cool animations and she has some magic kind of built in with that as well. But then she can also throw the star while it's thrown, then she does ranged attacks with different elements of magic. And then she can warp to the star to retrieve it and then continue hitting them there too, which is really, really cool. And it flows so well. The PS5 version of this game has 60 frames a second. Um, it has the option for ray tracing and all that kind of stuff too. And it just looks and flows so freaking well. Um, so I was really blown away by that combat. And then they added in, and it feels so different from any of the other characters you played in 7 Remake. 
And uh, then there's a new character that gets introduced a little bit further into it, a new teammate named Sonan. And he's kind of like this martial artist and has a staff. And he's there as a support character for Yuffie as she's going through. And it added an even different type of, of combat mechanic from the rest of Seven Remake, where he's a party member, but you can't play as him like you could as in the other one. But there's like this mode, there's this um, synergy mode, where you can, or synchronizing, where you just hit the left trigger, and then you guys are both attacking in concert with each other and playing off of each other, and you're building up your ATP gauge a lot. And then you can go and be separate, and he can be doing his own thing. You can separate at any time. And then you can get, like, these really awesome team-up attacks that were just... The combat in this game already was phenomenal, but then seeing it, it was it was a spectacle to be able to fight these things in 60 frames a second with both these guys. So I had a freaking blast with that. Um, but I was also kind of blown away. I was, I was taken aback that it was $20 and that it was... Uh, it was about six hours total with uh, a, a half of the content was reused environments probably. So you're wandering around the same areas you've already been before, like the Sector 7 slums. You're kind of exploring a lot in there. So I was a little let down by that, but it's kind of cool that you're seeing, you know, the rest of the crew doing their thing occasionally in those same areas. So um, I, it's definitely worth a play if you liked even a little bit of Final Fantasy VII Remake and, and you finished it, definitely give this a shot. Uh, it's well worth your time. But it's excellent. That's it. Still playing Red Dead as well, but we'll talk about that next week-ish probably. Yeah. That actually, Integrated sounds pretty interesting because I was kind of wondering, well, why didn't they just wrap this into Final Fantasy Part, no, Final Fantasy VII Part Two? But it kind of sounds like it's a very different experience gameplay-wise than... yeah. And it's, the it's first, all their fighting styles. I don't know if they're they're planning on like t making her a playable party member with the rest of everything in the next installment. But uh, the fighting styles and the mechanic of that, you know, the synchronizing and the synergy between those two characters, it definitely would have been uh, a huge task to balance that with the fighting styles of everyone else in the regular main game as well. So. It's You're not anticipating that Yuffie will be in part two as a playable character, at least. I don't know. I don't know. I was not anticipating Red Thirteen being a playable character in Final Fan. Well, spoilers uh, in Final Fantasy VII Remake, the first one. But it turns out he was. I have no clue. And as we'll see here in a little bit, like they they can go fucking anywhere from here, and they can do whatever they want now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I played three things. I'll start off with the first one, which is uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which I forgot to add in here, but I platinumed it this week. <gasps> you got um, your second, second platinum. platinum! I'm so proud of you. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a fun platinum to get because um, it's not like it's it's actually pretty easy platinum to get. It's not that bad. That's kind of why I did it. I'm like, I really like this game a lot. It's super fun to play. And I'm like, why not just have that goal of getting the platinum? See, but it's amazing how much. Well, it kind of happens so along the way. Like, the only thing I really had to, like, try to get were these, like, hidden bears in every level. These, like, hidden teddy bears. Um, that was the only thing. I ended up just going to a guide, and I'm like, I only have the one trophy left, so I might as well just, like, spend 15 minutes and go to each map. And Because it's those fast loads. It's not going to take much time at all. Yeah. Um, Does it use the activity so that, cards where you can just, like, warp to wherever the next thing you need to do is? Um, you know, I totally forgot about that feature. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot. Also, actually, with that one, though, I don't think it tells you where they are. I don't know if there's hints in that on that one. So I don't know. But it, that game is phenomenal. It, that game is, is great. There, 
there are some bugs that are a little annoying, but it really? never like ruined the game. Um, like there was one where, and this actually, I had to wait for this to get patched before I could get the platinum. Um, where you get these things called spy bots. It's like one of the collectibles in the game. And when you go to get one on Sargosa, the game freezes your controls. So you can't control uh. your character to go back. And when I went to redo my save, I it brought me right back to that exact moment with the locked controls. So I had to do a backup save, which was like I lost hours of progress. And I had just Aww. spent like hours getting 60 of these collectibles in in this one map. And that was like really, really aggravating that I had to go back and do that. Several times actually I had to go back and do that because it kept locking up. So like that was quite surprising to see in a you know, any first-party game. You usually don't see that kind of stuff in first-party games. Um, but I mean, that didn't take away from the experience completely because I still enjoyed the main quest line of that game. Um, that That's all just, like, you know, off-the-beaten-path stuff that I wanted to do. I did find a really cool... Um, I guess it's a hack um, to get money really, really quick in the game. Like, really Cheater. quick. I totally cheated. So there is a... Um, I was kind of saying, uh, like, last week, there's a new game plus mode where you have a multiplier where you get yeah. more money if you beat people. So what I did is I, I found this part of the map in Zergosa where you open up a rift, and there's just all these crates. The whole idea of this part of the game is there's all these crates that you're jumping on and blowing up to progress and platform forward, but they're filled with nuts and bolts, absolutely filled with them. And there's, like, one angle where you can see all of them at once and use, like, the like neuron cannon or whatever it's called and just blast them and collect all of them. So what I did is I ran around that map, getting my multiplier as high as I possibly could, times 20, and then I would go into that rift, break all the boxes, leave the rift, go back in, they re it, it, uh, repositioned everything again, and I just keep doing it over and over again until I got all the weapons. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that was, so it was actually kind of fun. I'm like, you're ready eh, for cool. my name is Mayo. If you're willing to do that, <laughs> you can tap on a jar of mayonnaise for now. <laughs> oh, it it wasn't that bad, um, but I did. I just wanted to kind of throw in there some of like the issues I had with it because last week I was so so high on it, um, and I still am. I still like my uh, one of my game of the years for sure. Um, but yeah, I really recommend it to anyone who has a PS5. I really think it's a mandatory play if you have a PS5. It's fantastic. And Dan Root has to play it now. He said he would only play it if I got the platinum, and I got the plat the platinum, Ooh. so he has to play it now. Shots fired. I texted him and told him already. He just responded, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also played uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. Uh, I didn't I play didn't a lot of it. I out. got like the... F yeah, it came out on Friday. And it is, I said on Twitter, it's the best golf game I've ever played on console. It's also the only golf game I've ever played on console. It's fine. It's a good game. Um, it's enjoyable. It's relaxing. Um, How does it compare to Tennis Aces? Yeah. Uh, I think it's better than Tennis Aces. Oh, Tennis good. Aces, I felt like, was... My big problem with that game was that it was kind of boring, but also it was fucking hard. Like, there, I just feel like yeah. I didn't know how to get better at that game. Whereas this, if anything, feels too easy. Um, but it's just kind of nice to, like, listen to something on YouTube and play around a golf. Like, it's, it's just kind of peaceful and relaxing. But... Um, last game I played this week was Axiom Verge, and I absolutely devoured it. I've had it on Switch for a while. Uh, have you played it before, Chad? 
I played the first like hour or so on Vita a long ass time ago because I think maybe that was where it launched yeah. on was Vita. Um. Oh my God, Chad! Someone just messaged us on Twitter on Twitch. <gasps> I see it. My chat is working. Oh my God! We can become famous and buy followers, primes, and viewers. <laughs> I'm so happy. Bigfollows.com. <laughs> Don't advertise. That's our exclusive in. Yeah, that's how we're going to make it. Thanks, YZ Doom 209937. I played it. Anyway, sorry. But that was before. That was before I had really played a lot of Metroidvania games. I guess as a kid, you know, I played Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission and that kind of stuff on Game Boy. But um, uh, that was before we had played Super Metroid for Barf, before we played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and I loved both of those games. So I probably, hearing how much you love it, I'll probably go back and give it another shot. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. It is, I'll say this, it starts off fine. You're like, oh, this is a Metroidvania. It has an 8-bit art style to it. Um, this looks nice. But then as you start to get some of the weapons that help you activate new areas, there's some really cool ones. And I really, really liked, it's really good at, and I think this is the sign of a good Metroidvania game, is where you feel like you 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 got somewhere you weren't supposed to be yet. Because you feel like you oh, kind of yeah. like, like maneuvered the system in a certain way to like you know get where you shouldn't be, but you you actually were totally supposed to be there the entire time, and then like a story moment happens, and you're like, oh damn! Like this game just really knows how to handle exploration in a Metroidvania game. I think that's what it's the best at. Um, really like that. This story is cool too. I I kind of liked it more than most Metroidvania stories I've played. It has a very linear story to it, where it's not like you pick up like some sort of note along the way and you can find more about the world like it is there is a specific story to the game um, would you be surprised to learn that it was one person who made that entire game no i, I yeah that's the next thing i was going to say is oh, and okay. the, one of the things i love about it so much is that it, you know it, it feels like this very specific vision from thomas hap where he had a very specific thing that he wanted to do and he pulled it off and it's amazing how well all these elements play together and and how much there is to this game and it's like oh shit and we know one guy made it a while ago after playing no man's sky i kind of posed the question of you know d can a game be considered better if the team is smaller is like a bigger accomplishment and i yeah. feel like in, this is one of those examples where like yeah it absolutely is yeah um, i think we talked about that with, uh, with hollow knight too yeah exactly with hollow knight as well and um yeah i really like it i, I would say a few things is that um you I, i'm not a huge fan of the boss battles they're extremely repetitive, and they get more intense just by making the attacks quicker, which doesn't really make it an engaging boss battle. It just kind of makes it really frustrating, if anything. Because yeah. like, there's some bosses where you can literally stand in one place and just hop over their beams, and, and it takes like it feels like a bajillion years to beat them. But um, when you die, because it, I don't know, it just gets kind of annoying. It, it, they're not very um, engaging boss battles, except for the last one. The last one was kind of cool. Um, but the other thing I would say is that there are so many optional guns in this game, but because they're optional and like tucked away, although they're, it's really uh, rewarding to find them, because you've kind of gone on this beaten path and then got a whole new weapon, that's cool, and some of them are like fucking sick. There are some really cool weapons. But none of them are mandatory for fighting bosses. So you generally have to use the basic weapons to fight bosses because those are the guns they gave you as a part of 
um, of the main kind of quest line. Yeah. So it does kind of hurt in that way. But I mean, that's honestly like not a huge complaint because the rest of the game is so marvelous. And if anyone's a fan of Metroidvania games, I, I can't recommend this game enough. It's it's fantastic. I can't wait for Axiom Verge 2, although looking at it, it's a very different game. I oh, would say it? I don't even think it's this yeah, I don't even think it's the same story. I think it's a completely different story, a whole new character. They're going from projectile-based weapons in Axiom Verge 1 to all melee in Axiom Verge 2. Like it looks very different. So I'm oh, curious kinda, why it's still an Axiom Verge game. The so melee it makes me intrigued. Me Symphony of the Night. Uh, oh, that gets me. That gets me tickled on my pickle. <laughs> yeah, you should play it. You'd like it. You'd like it for sure. I think I will. I've got. I just, you know, I've got my Vita laying around, and I'm always looking for reasons to go back and play things. In fact, I I was starting to think about playing Final Fantasy uh, one and two on my PlayStation Portable Go. Uh, just because I, I, I want to, and then I, you know, I also have my Game Boy Advance, and I want to play. Uh, Metroid Fusion on that before Metroid Dread comes out. <sighs> Give me some excuses. Let's go. You got some vanias to play. I do. I got some big old vanias. Big old vania pieces. <laughs> Let's go on to our quest log. Talk about some of the news stories that have come between E3 and today. Uh, starting with our Microsoft quest log. We have two stories on here. The first one is kind of what seems like to me um like a, a gotcha like hey here's a cool thing just kidding if you're a video game person uh this article <laughs> says games exempt from new microsoft store zero percent revenue sharing offering says alex calvin at pc games insider for context earlier this year microsoft um changed the, its pc offering to say hey if you're offered through the microsoft store on pc then you will now get 88 percent of your revenue of the revenue and then we will take only 12 percent versus the 70 30 split that was kind of traditional and that was a, i was like cool that's a really cool move on the the pc store and then they just recently announced that hey we're taking it down to zero percent you keep a hundred percent of the profits and now it's coming out that like oh just kidding if you make games you're still only getting 88 percent, but apps are getting a hundred percent of that that revenue and profit which uh, I can only think of that being the case because uh, they have to have parity with kind of the rest of the gaming industry. Like if they suddenly are now saying, all right, we take a 0% cut and then Steam and Epic Game Store and the console stores that are now still taking 30% cuts and things like that, like that suddenly will create a huge conflict between those platforms. So I, that's my like inkling in the back of my brain. Like, why are they doing this for games? Is it just to save face in front of all the other distributors? What are your thoughts on it, Holden? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it goes even further than that too, though. Is I think you're 100 percent right. It is. Um, I think that would be the monopolistic practice: is to say, "Hey, we own this platform. It's our system, and we're going to undercut everyone to such a degree that why would someone put their game on, you know, the Steam Store or Epic Game, mostly Epic Game Store? I think people still go to Steam, but Epic Game Store would be like cut out completely at that point. People will just say, "Oh, well, I'll get the game on Windows Store." Excuse me, because it's the built-in app store on my device. I don't have to download anything else. I don't have to do anything. And developers would be like, "Well, if we're going to." prioritize where we're going to go. We're going to go to the place where we keep 100% of the profits. I think it'd be really, um, yeah, like it just, it would, 
they would get sued for that, like by the yeah. U.S. by the U.S. government after an antitrust like suit, like 100. percent I'm honestly surprised it's n- that's still not the case though with the apps, because part of like the you know conversation we've been having over the whole Epic Apple thing has been, well, third party stores should be able to compete, and by offering zero percent commission on a built in app store, basically removes any competition for app stores going forward. Like Epic I- is trying to become an app store as well. There's zero chance of that because why would anyone? How would how could anyone compete? That's you can't the, compete with zero. The major key there that that is the Epic Game Store, where they're just now starting to get into the apps or experiences thing rather than games. But I feel like outside of the Epic Game Store on PC for downloading apps, your options are the Microsoft Store or just go to that person's website where they already get 100 percent of the profit because they're hosting it on their site anyway. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. where I feel like for apps specifically, it's not really a, an issue because there are no competing stores. And maybe Epic will mm-hmm. start to raise a little bit of a stink like they're, they're doing with Apple um, just because they want to start offering apps. Uh, or maybe they'll even say, hey, we're the good guys. We want to be on the developer side. So maybe they might say, well, cool, we'll also offer apps at 0%. Uh, if they were true to their word, that's probably what they should do. But um yeah, I, that's why I don't think it's, it's yeah. an issue at all because there there are not really competing app stores at all. True. Yeah, I am curious how Epic responds. Like you kind of pointed out, because that's is something they've been trying to get into, and I don't. It's kind of funny because one of the things that the the judge said during the Apple Epic trial was, "Man, it really seems like games are subsidizing everything. If all your revenue is primarily coming from from games, and it's like that is a hundred percent true now yeah. um, on Microsoft Store because there's no commission at all." Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious how this plays out. Um, I kind of hope that people don't start asking for other stores to start doing a zero percent commission because like Steam couldn't exist. It, it, this could never go to games. Right. Steam couldn't exist. Epic game stores couldn't exist. Only companies that have created a platform could create a store. So I'm curious where this kind of goes from here. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little concerned, though, because there's been... I haven't seen any conversation about this outside of, this is really good. And I'm like, it is. It's not terrible, but like there's, there's some bad roads this could go down. So we'll see what happens. But you know me, I yeah. can be like that sometimes. <laughs> We have one more Microsoft story here, which is a wonderful one. Microsoft launches Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta on PC and iOS, says Brendan Sinclair at gamesindustry.biz. If you are a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you can now officially stream over 100 games on Game Pass Ultimate uh, to your PC or iOS through your web browser. This is the kind of workaround that they decided to do after they weren't allowed to create an app on iOS. And they're like, fine, we'll just fucking make you stream it through Safari. And it is finally here. I haven't had a chance to try it out myself because I, I let my Game Pass subscription launch, or I mean lapse, since I haven't been playing anything on it. But there's some really great stuff announced at E3 that I'm looking forward to playing. Uh, Matt just got an Xbox, so we'll be playing Master Chief Collection. Uh, so I am uh, excited even though I have a Series X that will freaking blow everything else out of the water, I think it's cool that I can bring my iPad and a DualShock or an Xbox controller and just play whenever I want. I could play... I could play all of Destiny. I could raid from my iPad, Holden. I just realized that right now (laughs) from wherever I am. Yeah, my friend uh, Michael, he sent me a picture of his iPad Pro running 
um, xCloud with a DualSense controller, and I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> that, <laughs> I would have never thought that, that would the happen. Other, the other night, too, that he was, he was playing yeah. MLB The Show, a PlayStation game, on an Xbox service yeah. using Apple hardware. And he's like, what is the future? <laughs> yeah, it's not, this is awesome. I'm glad this is happening. Obviously, a native app would have been um, ideal. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. But this is totally a viable way to get into Game Pass. And yeah. it's a totally viable way to play Starfield next year if you don't hey. want to... Uh, if you don't want to get a console. So, yeah, this is going to be huge. Um yeah, this this could be seen as a I think a watershed moment for Microsoft to to finally get this access. Yep, because they yep. very well I think could overtake Sony in scale by the end of this generation if this works out, and I think there's a really good chance it could. Yep, it's good stuff. Speaking of Sony, we've got a Sony Quest log coming up. We have uh, kind of two stories. Three, kind of two. Uh, the first one is that Sony acquires Returnal developer Housemark, says Danielle Partis, Parti? at gamesindustry.biz. Mm-hmm. We know this because there was an official announcement on the PlayStation blog. And uh, Housemark is the developer of a lot of PlayStation exclusive games like Resogun at the PS4 launch. We've done, uh, I can never remember, is Vex Machina or Next Machina? I think it's Vex Machina. No, um, I think it's next. Is it next? Fuck. I can never I'm remember. I'm pretty sure it's next, yeah. And most recently, they did the excellent game Returnal on PS5, and they are officially now first party at Sony, which I think is really exciting because they've, they pivoted to games like Returnal because they weren't seeing enough return on investment for the games they want to make, the arcade-type style games um, that they that they loved making. So it's great to see that a first-party developer is just going to throw some, or uh, that Sony as a publisher is just going to throw them a bunch of money and support to make the things that they love to make. Yeah, this is this is one of the things that, that I feel like had to happen. They have to compete yeah. with Microsoft if Microsoft's going to keep buying up all these studios. And I, I don't think that that studio, Housemark, has ever made anything but PlayStation games. So uh, yeah, at least anything that's, that's worth I, they, mentioning. They have, they have. Yeah, they, they have, I think, actually. Um, but primarily PlayStation, for sure. Um, I think most people think Housemark. They, they're thinking of PlayStation, just like Insomniac. Insomniac was the same deal. Like, outside of Sunset Overdrive, basically, and I think um, a game called Fuse, I think, as of those two, like, everything was play, PlayStation. So they had to do it. Also, um, I don't think there's anything that I've seen all video game commenters unanimous on. Because after Returnal came out, it's like everyone was saying, yeah, oh, yeah, someone should buy Housemark. Yeah. Um, it seemed like there was like the unanimous consensus, and I wonder how much of those discussions were happening before, um, before Eternal came out, like in from between Sony and Housemark, and how much of it was like, you know, everyone's saying that we should buy uh, Housemark, <laughs> and I think they're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's good, uh, it's good to see. Yeah. At the same time, um, to celebrate this acquisition, Sony created a graphic. And it has, you know, little slivers showing characters from each of their first-party studios. <laughs> and it says it has PlayStation logo plus Housemark. And at the same time, Sony Japan tweets a tweet celebrating Housemark. But the image is that same image, but this time has an extra sliver with Demon Souls in it. And it says PlayStation logo plus Blue Point. And then it quickly deletes the tweet. And then it posts the right image, which leads everyone to believe that, well, has PlayStation also acquired Bluepoint games as well as Housemark? 
says uh, Mayor Dodd Kayat at Dual Shockers. And I think it's pretty obvious that, yeah, they probably acquired them. <laughs> For the same reason, Bluepoint has been uh, working so closely with Sony on from um, they've worked on Shadow of the Colossus, Uncharted Collection, they did uh, Demon Souls most recently on PS5. Uh, that uh, it just makes sense. And if an official PlayStation account tweeted an official image or logo that like no one else had seen yet because no one else knew about the Housemark thing, so they couldn't make their own fake versions of it. Um, then, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that PlayStation probably has also acquired Bluepoint and will be announcing that sometime soon. Yeah, they probably just want to put the spotlight on Housemark for a little bit, and then they'll have put the spotlight on Bluepoint and kind of have them as, you know, two separate announcements, kind of keep that that uh, marketing story going. Like, makes sense why they wouldn't announce them both at the same time, unlike Microsoft, who's like, seven at once, fuck it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Xbox is like, hey, think of a game that you like. We probably bought it. Yay, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I, I i i get why they are kind of uh, staggering those announcements but i again like i think these are good buys by by sony for the same reasons like as you pointed out the uh, same reasons can't wait to see you know what they they do going forward like what other sony exclusive uh, ips from the past will blue point go back to and and completely like remaster um, there's been a rumor that they're doing that for Metal Gear Solid, um, which is oh, that would be God. amazing. Please, dear God. Because uh, what's cool about that one is apparently is that they're actually going to be making some original decisions for that game, and it's not going to be this like one to one exact thing like you had for Demon Souls. Um, it's like that'd be really cool, and it's like Sony's like just you need to lock that down. Put a, put a ring on it. All right, yeah. you got to lock that shit down. <laughs> I like it. Put a ring on it. Yeah. Speaking um, of Konami yeah. properties like Metal Gear Solid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful conspiracy theory, crazy batshit stuff that's going on with Blue Box Games continues this week. Blue Box Game Studios abandoned PS5 app delayed to August, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. So we recorded on Thursday last week, and on Friday, there was supposed to be a big reveal in this app. That was supposed to, the app was like there just for publicity for the game. You download it and you all watch the trailer together. This brand new trailer for Abandoned that is apparently going to reveal the name of the game that starts with an S and ends in an L and is heavily rumored <laughs> and also heavily discounted as being a Kojima game um, that might be Silent Hill. So all of that was supposed to happen on Friday. And, um, for, well, first of all, it was supposed to happen June 20th, Sunday, June 20th. And then it was delayed to the 22nd because of localization. And then it was delayed to Friday the 25th. And then on Friday morning, as it was supposed to go live, uh, the CEO of Blue Box Games announced that they are delaying, uh, with a video, delaying the app until August when the trailer for Abandoned would be released simultaneously. And he mentioned uh, a lot of, I think there were like uncertainties or, or things that were, it wasn't up to snuff or it wasn't polished enough and they weren't ready to release it yet. It wasn't ready. Um, which is just throwing so much more fuel on this stupid conspiracy fire. Uh, so even more uncertainty and weird shit going on with Blue Box Game Studios. And then, what is this last part? This last sentence here: Konami's partnering with Bloober, maker of the medium. What is that in reference to? Yes, 
So um, this just happened like right before we started recording, but Konami and Bloober announced that they're going to be in a partnership. They haven't said what the partnership is for. They just said that they'll be like sharing technologies and stuff um, and possibly working on games together in the future. So people are saying, oh, Konami's going to make uh, Silent Hill with, with Bloober because they've been making some uh. some good survival horror games recently. Let's kind of throw that in there because that, I think, is the... The biggest reason not to believe the Silent Hill conspiracy is Konami making this decision. It'd be very strange if they went to Bloober, who makes survival horror games, and then said, hey, do you guys want to make Dance Dance Revolution? Oh, do you guys want to make Metal Gear <laughs> games? Like, it, it would make the most sense if they were working on Silent Hill. Um, if they're going to make games at all, though, like we really don't know much about it. But it, I think this is an interesting kind of wrench in, in that story. Um, but going to the Blue Box stuff, like... <sighs> My again, I want to be very, very clear. This is fun speculation. We won't know officially anything until we see that um, that reveal in August, uh, and no one should get upset if it turns out to just be an indie game made by right. ten people with forty people outsourced. Like, like it's just fun speculation. Don't don't harass these people. Like it shouldn't be said, but like don't do it. Um, and also, there's some like. Really not. I I follow that subreddit, uh, the Blue Box Conspiracy subreddit, pretty closely because I just find it fascinating. There's some is it really just r slash Blue Box Conspiracy? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so okay, so all right, here's where like my big thing last week was the timeline of events doesn't make any sense. I'm not gonna go over the whole timeline again. Go back and listen to you know us talking about that with Trevor if you want to hear that timeline. But the timeline to me again doesn't make sense because of this. Because you're talking about a game that was announced earlier in the year. It's supposed to come out at the end of this year, um, but they're having to delay an app for a few months because they they can't finish an app. I'm like, if you can't finish that app, you can't finish that game by the end of the year. Like, what are you talking yeah. about, man? Like. That's that just doesn't make and, to, and then to say like oh this this fix should only take a few days oh the, it, just a few more days actually two months it's <laughs> right. just like it's a very weird like series of events um, but then like you look at the Twitter comments and there's people saying ridiculous things like man Hassan looks like a CG character I'm like no he doesn't <laughs> he looks like a person <laughs> but that's gained some traction I'm like that makes no sense guys like. If you want to be taken seriously for your conspiracy theory, don't don't talk about Hassan being a CG character. <laughs> it's really strange. It's really really weird. Um, but the one, and I've gone back and forth on if this is real or not or or what. And then, unless this next thing I'm about to say is also a massive coincidence, it's like, man, Hassan, what are you doing to yourself at this point? Right. He. His one of the kind of pieces of evidence, uh, is our sources of evidence, has been his PlayStation activity feed. He knows people are looking at that. He knows this. So this is that is what so much of this has been based on. Is like he played games that don't exist, and he's put he's playing the Siren game, which Siren is like kind of similar to um, Silent Hill, and was made by some people who were on that team. So like, oh, is that connected? He played a game called Telling Lies, and. That in and of itself, not enough. Like, haha, cheeky, play a game called Telling Lies. But who made the game Telling Lies? The director of that game directed Silent Hill Origins and Silent Hill Shattered Memories. <laughs> it's just like, damn it. <laughs> God, like, yeah, it's like there's too many, like, coincidences here. And it's like, this is, he, he, hmm, why are you doing this? Like, you, I'll leave it at that. It's just, it's weird. And I'm like, we're going to have to wait till August. Um, but, like, this whole thing just keeps getting stranger. The delay, I do think it's strange people saying, oh, the delay, this confirms it's not a conspiracy. I'm like, not really. 
that doesn't really confirm it's not a conspiracy. It just means they delayed the app. We it just means we won't know for longer. The other one, and I was thinking about this one too, is um, Jeff Grubb was talking about how Kojima's in talks with Microsoft, and Microsoft might um, be trying to buy Kojima Studios, which would make sense because they want to be taken seriously in Japan. Like, there's a lot of reasons why that makes sense. I also don't think that disproves the conspiracy theory either, because that would be like saying. Microsoft's not going to buy Bethesda. Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are coming to PlayStation 5. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Because the, the the rumor with Microsoft is that they're buying Kojima Studios so Kojima can make ex- cloud-exclusive games that apparently haven't started working on yet. So that doesn't mean they couldn't be working on a survival horror game. Um, and Kojima's kind of doing this whole ruse. So it's kind of like, again, like, calm down on the conspiracies. Don't say crazy shit like... Um, <laughs> Like, he's a CG character. That's, that's like, ridiculous. Um, oh, and the YouTube video. Talk about the YouTube channel um, last week. Yeah. Of, like, the, the countdown timer. So he, this is another, like, odd coincidence, but it seems like it's actually just a coincidence this time and not really anything. When that countdown timer ended, within two minutes, Hassan posted his video on, on Twitter. But here's why people think this is a coincidence. People started to do DS, um, DCMA strikes against that YouTube channel, it's basically, like, if you're not really associated, then you, you're going to have a copyright issue, and you need to stop. And they have been responding to the copyright issues and changing the language on their page to avoid copyright, which they probably wouldn't be doing if it was really them. Yeah. So I, I do think that was just a coincidence, but it's kind of like the rundown of at least what's happened in the past week on that story. I'm assuming that's going to be it, though, for a while. Hopefully. Um, I hope nothing else. Yeah. I hope they keep their mouth shut for two more months, and then in yeah. August we find out the answer to all of this, and we can tell everyone to just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm at this point, too, I'm kind of like, I was on a high on it last week. I'm totally down on that. Um and I'm, I'm just ready to just experience other crazy rumors <laughs> that are conspiracy <laughs> theories, like Sony's yeah, hosting an event suit. crazy train? Yeah, um, yeah. That's uh, that's that on the on the blue box stuff. Speaking I wish of crazy them the best, train. regardless, I wish them the best. Speaking of crazy train, it's taken seven months, but we're finally there. Third party quest log. CDPR says Cyberpunk 2077 performance and stability are now satisfactory. This is Armenicon <laughs> at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, the CEO Adam Kaczynski said during an interview, "Quote." We have reached a satisfying level in this regard. We have also been working on improving the overall quality, which we are also quite happy about. Of course, we also removed bugs and visual glitches, and we will continue to do that. Over time, we will also be introducing improvements to the general game systems that players have highlighted. And while it is, quote, satisfactory... Uh, CDPR and Sony are also <laughs> warning about stability on the base PS4 systems and are recommending that you still play on PS4 Pro and PS5. That comes a week after uh, Cyberpunk is finally officially available for purchase on the PlayStation Store again uh, digitally for the first time since launch. Um, exciting. Apparently, though, still don't play it on your base console. Play it on a, like a One X or a PS4 Pro or play it on the next-gen consoles. But... Um, I'm glad to see that they are still continuing to make progress on this and they haven't just straight up cut support for these. I, I guess they couldn't cut support for these if they're going to get sued or that watchdog in, in Poland is going to like freaking grill them. Uh, but it's nice to see that they're finally yeah, making true. good on their promises. 
Yeah, I was going to download it and just play it and kind of see how it is. I'm like, no, I'm still waiting for the next-gen version. I'll play it again with the next-gen version. I still like that game a lot, um, while also believing that they totally botched the launch. Um, it's good to see them doing this. I just think that to say that it's satisfactory when it literally is the recommending people to not play it on the hardware right. is de- apparently designed to be right. It's just really, like, really... They need to be as upfront and honest as possible. And this doesn't scream like authenticity to me. It seems like they're still in this like PR damage control kind of mode. Yeah. And getting on PlayStation is huge for them. Absolutely. You know, that's a that's a big move for them. Um it's an important step, but it's just honestly, I didn't think that six months later we would be or six months, yeah, six months later we would be uh still here. I really thought it wouldn't take this long to resolve a lot of these problems. And it really goes to show how the longer this goes on, basically, the the more it is they have fucked up. Yeah. So do I wish them the think, best. Do you think it was like a money and resources ahead. thing that they released it at the time? I know we've probably mentioned this and and answered this question before, but like they released it in November just because like they were out of money and they needed to sell a bunch of copies so they continue to fund development on the game. Do you think that had anything to do with it? I really don't because, and I've I've had some people disagree with me on this, but I'll I'll maintain it anyway. Is that they've said that they were financially stable and that finances wasn't a reason for that. And when it comes to finances, you cannot lie because your shareholders will sue you. And, and it's, you know this isn't like a. Co- Sorry, keep going. Well, they also sold like The Witcher Three on Switch, and that was doing really well for them apparently. Right. And so, like they 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 have money. Um, the team's also, it's not really that big of a studio compared to like a Ubisoft or an Activision or an EA. Like they get talked about in that, on that level, but they're, they're smaller for sure, um, than them. So like, I, I feel like that wasn't the reason, but that makes it even more confusing as to what the reason was. Like right. why, why do this? If it was clearly this far off and you're talking about meeting the standards of Red Dead Redemption 2 in terms of polish in this giant open world, it's like, you didn't do it. You weren't even close. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, well, I was way it's crazy. Samsonite. Yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> yeah, totally. It's that. Samsonite. Oh, I was way off. Sammy Swanson, Swaman, Swan, <laughs> Samsonite. In other news um, about companies who are having internal PR issues, um, <laughs> yeah. Ubisoft. <laughs> Ubisoft, uh, although Ubisoft seems to have been, you know, they're in the clear now. Everyone's forgotten about all the sexual misconduct going on in their in their company, so they're finally back to normal. Ubisoft explains why its Avatar game is only possible on next gen, says Zermenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, so we, we recently finally got a first look at this Avatar game over uh, E3 at the Ubisoft Ford conference. We saw a bunch of Navi people jumping around doing some shit didn't see gameplay don't really quite know what the game is but we do know that it is next gen exclusive and the uh, technical director of programming on the game uh, Nikolay Stefanov has some interesting statements about why so we've got some pretty lengthy quotes here but I think it goes over some of the cool things about why this game uh, takes advantage of the next gen system so Quote, it's not just the old, I'm taking this slow walk as I enter into the place because we have to stream everything in. It's little subtle things that people don't think about, which is how close together are all the places in the world. If you look at with the old hard drives, they had to be spaced out very far apart because you had to stream out the old and stream in the new. So it just created a formulaic world. And then he goes on to say, the wildlife, the AI, the way that they track you, the way that they attack you, 
the advances in technology and the way that we are taking advantage of the power with our in-house snowdrop engine is allowing us to do amazing things that would not be possible otherwise. And then he wraps up by saying, we have a completely new lighting system that is based on ray tracing, and I think it's a dramatic step up in quality that makes you feel like it's a real place. One tiny example is that it can actually handle the translucency of the leaves. So it can figure out how much of the light is reflected through the leaves, how tinted it is with the colors and everything else. You get lovely reflections and sights for the water, even down to the volumetric clouds up in the sky. They actually receive the correct lighting as well. Uh, there are obviously a, a whole host of benefits to running just on next gen, and we've also we've already talked about how much we think cross gen is kind of holding some things back. So it's exciting to see when a developer of a game, especially for a world as like colorful and lush and as vibrant and populated as Avatar and Pandora, like to see them really di go going for it and taking advantage of everything that these new systems have to offer. So I originally saw this trailer and I was like, cool. I really don't care about the Avatar franchise or IP or anything like that. But now that I read this, I was like, oh, now I'm kind of intrigued and I kind of want to try this game out. Yeah, I have the same thing because I feel like this is going to be the first like fully open world game that I'm aware of, at least, that's going to be next gen ex exclusive. And I'm like, why well, you know what? That's kind of what we've been waiting for mm -hmm. with the next gen kind of, you know, what can you do with the SSD and all that? So I'm really, really excited about this, this now. And what's cool about these statements is they don't seem PR-y. Yeah. Like this is this seems very genuine. Like he is excited about the stuff that they can they can now do. It doesn't feel like that whole like, and we're taking it to the next level. Like it doesn't feel like that cheesy, you know, E three talk. It's and our this most ambitious awesome. game to date. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially the I'm really intrigued by the wildlife and the AI of the wildlife, and you know what that's going to be like. Because AI is tough. It requires a lot of processing going on with a lot of different, you know, uh, um, NPC models in a world. So, like, I'm like, I'm really curious what they what they can do with that. Um, I'm also curious how much, um, how much this will actually turn into a good game because it's Ubisoft. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I'm we'll like excited for it. Game but... show today. I'm excited. Oh, okay. <laughs> So like I'm like this all sounds really really cool but like and I'm still probably gonna get it but I just hope it lives up because it's Ubisoft and I've, I'm rarely impressed by Ubisoft unless it's combined with Rabbids and in Mario <laughs> that's it yeah. um, I did like the first Assassin's Creed sorry Brent <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so I'm I'm excited about this and also too like I'm reading this going like man if only Sony thought this about their own <laughs> games oh gosh right. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've already talked about that whole cross-gen thing, but I'm excited about this and see what and see more about this. So, me too. I think this is actually going to be a. I mean, I know that that Horizon is super far in the future and they're robots, but I feel like they have the same kind of feel and like these really rich, vibrant, natural worlds with all of these kind of like spectacles. So I feel like it, it'll be kind of a, a good competitor to Horizon in that way as well. Also a good way to compare what a cross-gen game like that is like compared to a fully yeah. next-gen version of it. Granted, there's also differences in the studios, what the studios are capable of, and um, a few other factors. But I think you're right to kind of call that out. Like, it definitely is a good um, comparison point. Yep. Excuse me. Let's uh, go through some fetch quests here real quick. We've got six of these. 
Uh, these are stories that don't have a lot of meat on their bones, but we feel still feel like they're worth mentioning. The first one here is Devs LinkedIn mentions secret Guerrilla Games projects. This is our Minicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, Guerrilla Games, maker of Horizon Zero Dawn, as well as all of the Hellgast games called Killzone. Um, the director also interestingly worked on a canceled multiplayer component to the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which we also failed to bring up at all on our E3 episode because I'm also really excited about that. Um, so, something new coming from Guerrilla Games, it looks like, or at least something that was <laughs> never to be talked about and is canceled now. Who knows? <laughs> also, it's funny too because, like, he also calls it. it out like it's a super secret game. He calls it like on the LinkedIn page, which is like really funny. I'm like, was he allowed to do that? <laughs> is that okay? Is this gonna get fired now? Um, speaking of really ambitious, cool things for next gen, Ninja Theory gives update on Senua's Sacrifice Hellblade 2 developments. This is Michael McWhorter at Polygon. This one is surprising to me because I feel like we were all in agreement that, hey, this was one of the first things they showed off running on a Series X. We know it's exclusive, so it's maybe at least another year away, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be kind of close, right? And from what it sounds like, it has not even hit full production. Like, they are still working on a chunk of of the gameplay uh, as a concept so that they can kind of play through it and look, see what it looks like. And um, then they will start full production on the entire game. So that's a lot further away than I think a lot of us were expecting. But still super popular. Yeah. I've always thought that Project Mara was going to come first. Um, I always speculated that was going to be the case just because of that's going to be on old, older hardware. This is on newer hardware. I did not expect it to be that long, though. Like, this is... Sounds like it's going to be like maybe possibly second half of this generation's life cycle, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Yep. Especially with how much they showed in the first trailer. Dude, I know. Like, they showed a lot. Yeah. So and it looked we'll see. great. Oh, God, it's going to be great. I'm pumped. I've I've longer now to get a Series X. <laughs> <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two could quote differ significantly from the original, says the director of the game. Uh, this is from Liana Rupert at Game Informer. We've already kind of mentioned that that it, it, we won't spoil the first remake game, but uh, at the end of that game, we basically can do whatever we want now with the Final Fantasy VII uh, storyline in the remake world, and uh, it will all be canon somehow, and it will all be completely... It could surprise the fuck out of us, or it could be exactly the same. And, and they they have free reign now narratively to do whatever they want. And I am so fucking excited for that. Um, to have these same environments and maybe characters and new things, but uh, present them in ways that are original and amazing and will surprise and delight everyone. Who knows when the fuck it's coming, though. <laughs> um, on that note, too, I totally forgot to include this story. Um, Elder Scrolls Six. Um, Todd Howard talked a little bit about that. That game has not left the design phase yet. Oh, so that's going to be like years and years and years away at this point. But we saw a title over some grass three years ago, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> they said that the reason they did that was after a lot of this hoopla with like Fallout 76 and all these companies kind of doing more service games, they wanted to just show, like, you know, we, don't worry, we still are making these giant single-player open-world experiences. Yeah. But, like, man, they announced that. Oh, that's, like, that's some Square Enix stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking games of which, take a long similar time. story. Yeah, GTA yeah. <laughs> 6 may have an evolving modern-day Vice City, according to Insider, says Kyle Knight at Dual Shockers. 
Apparently, it'll be a little further away, like 2024 or 2025, in order to manage a better work-life balance for employees at Rockstar, which is exciting to hear. Uh, I know a lot of people have kind of been yeah. speculating or even like asking for a return to Vice City. I really have no connection to the GTA games, so I, I don't have an affinity for any of these, but people like that Vice City, y'all. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I haven't played any of those like, PS2 era GTA games, so I don't really yeah. know much about that. Um, but yeah, I, I've heard that a lot too. And and this sounds interesting, the whole like evolving modern, you know, Day Vice City idea, which sounds like they're going to be offering DLC and new content throughout and kind of treating it more as a game as service, which has been really, really popular with GTA Online. So it makes sense they would go that route, especially when they can monetize it to like a bajillion players who right. are going to buy this game. Like it makes a ton of sense. Um, so I'm excited about it. And also just like playing Red Dead 2 and, and having already really enjoyed GTA 5 of what I've played of that, I'm like, damn, like, I'm really excited about this, actually. Like, I, I legitimately can't wait. Um, I was thinking that this is going to be coming out in the next few years, but guess not. Well, I guess technically, if you go by the literal definition of few, which is three or four, it is coming out in possibly three or four years, 2024 or 2025. Because yeah, I was hard, thinking it's we're basically dead. <laughs> my uh, my prediction at the beginning of the year was that we would see GTA 6 this year in a trailer. Oh, that's because right. Because they tend, they tend to announce their games like two years um, in advance. Like Red Dead 2 and GTA 5 were both announced two years in advance of release. Um, so I'm like, oh, if it comes out in 2023, which that seems reasonable, 2023 for this game to come out, um, we'll see something this year. And nope. When was GTA 5? Was that 2015? 2013. 20, shut the f- Oh, that's right. It was a PS3, PS4 game. I mean, PS3, 360 game. Fuck, yeah. it blows my mind. Yeah, and um, it still looks great, and it's still a really great open world for being on that hard. It's impressive. Yeah. Mario Plus Rabbids dev team has tripled in size to meet sequels, quote, much bigger ambitions, says Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life, which surprises me because, honestly, the first one was a pretty meaty game and i enjoyed the hell out of that i don't even know what a bigger more ambitious version of this game could look like but i'm excited yeah i'm i'm very excited about it too did we get a release window for the city 3 2022 2022 nice 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 <laughs> and then finally last fetch quest today is the doom eternal next gen upgrade is out today here's what it does on ps5 and series x says chris carter at destructoid uh, it adds a whole bunch of new uh, ray tracing, balance, and performance modes. Uh, it's it's such a weird uh, smattering of splattering, spattering. One of those words of of numbers here. I'm gonna I'm gonna list some of these comparisons, especially for Series X and PlayStation Five. So performance mode, if you're prioritizing frame rate, both of them do 120 frames per second. In fact, even the Series S does. But the Series X has 1800p at that resolution or at that frame rate. PlayStation 5 is 1584p, which is something that I've never seen before as an option. <laughs> and then the Series S is at uh, HD 1080. Uh, there is a ray tracing version as well at 1800 frames or 1800p on Series X, 60 frames, and 1800p, 60 frames on PS5 as well. And then just not available on Series S. And then all three of them have a balanced mode. Uh, it's matched at 2160p on and 60 frames on both Series X and PlayStation 5, and then down to 1440 on Series S. 
that is a that is a fun game whose end is exhausting but definitely worth playing especially now that it's on game pass as well like, if you're not if you have game pass and you're not playing doom eternal you're an idiot so you should definitely go play that especially now with this new 120 <laughs> frames per second if you have the right tv for it or the right console do it i i forgot to mention this but i did play that um last night i was gonna play red dead 2 but i'm like why don't what i want to see i want to see what uh what Doom Eternal is going to be like on a PS5, and uh, it's pretty, it's fast, it's. Did you buy it? Have you always had it? No, I've had, I've always had it. Yeah. Oh. And then like I got into Animal Crossing at that point, so I just didn't touch Doom Eternal. And then like, the new consoles were coming out, and I'm like, why not? Right. I'm going to wait for the PS5 version of that game. Um, it didn't carry over my save, which is very common. It's, it feels like with yeah. these, uh, you know, um, up, PS5 upgrades. Although it's not an issue on Series X, which I found out. It's only a P- PS5 thing in this case, which is interesting. There you go, um, smart delivery. Yep, but it is. Uh, it's it. It plays great. It's awesome. Um, crazy thing happened though. I to your point, like, oh, you bought that? I asked myself that question yesterday when I went to go download it, and it, I was able to get the PS5 upgrade, like you know, small pack. You know, it's like one megabyte to download and just to unlock the ability to play it. And then when I went to the PlayStation Store to, to Download the game again. It was telling me to buy it, and I'm like, I know I bought it last year. Matter of fact, I went to my trophies list, and I'm like, I have trophies for it. <laughs> I wouldn't have played it physically because I don't buy anything physically. It's like I traded it in. I'm like, I definitely have the. I was so confused. I go to Reddit. Bunch of people complaining there about it. Apparently, they really oh. fucked up, and it um. Yeah, it was not good. They they had to unlock it again for everyone, but I, I have it now. I downloaded it. Like, a few hours later, they fixed it, but it was definitely a little like, wait, what is going on here? Um, you know what? That same exact thing happened to me with Overwatch last week on game night. I went to oh, go, really? I went to go um, open it. I went to just go launch the game, and so I just did the search function like I always do on the PS5, and then it was like, here's Overwatch, and it's 40 bucks. And I was like... What are you fucking talking about? I own Overwatch. I played it a few weeks ago. And then I had to like actually manually go into my library and onto my external hard drive and search through the games and find it installed there. Uh, yeah, but it's, it told me I needed to pay for it in order to download it from the store. I was like, what are you fucking talking about? Weird. Yeah, um, the one thing I wanted to kind of just touch on briefly is I really don't like how Sony is handling the PS5 upgrades. It's a oddly convoluted process it's a pain in the ass but it unlocks double trophies i got that second final fantasy 7 plat this week <laughs> for, for trophy hunters it is very cool it's like going to the store finding the playstation 5 version of it and then downloading that feels weird when i feel like i get they're not going to do smart delivery because it's a whole system they'd have to write but if they have a link to that page in the store why don't you just when you open up the game and just say, hey, did you want to get the PS5 version of this? And then just take you yeah. right there. Or like hitting the option button when you're on that game, the menu, to say, hey, view PS5 version. Feels like that would be not hard to implement because it's literally just a link to a page in the store that already exists. So yeah, it's especially so a pain about that. in the butt if you're transferring a save and you got to download the PS4 version, upload your save within the game to the game's server. Yeah. Then delete that version, download the PS5 version, and then re-download your save. And it's not just like, oh, I'll just sync it with my PlayStation Plus cloud save. It's like, nope, that's not the thing that's going to happen and, and do anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Which doesn't make any sense. 
Doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah, I don't know. But um, the other part of it too baby. is that. <laughs> the other part of it is I get this paranoia now where I'm like, do I have the PS5 version of this game? Does this so like I want to play Ghost of Tsushima in the 4K 60 frames per second, and I'm like, wait, let me just go to the PlayStation Store really quick and just make sure that there's not like a PS5 like upgrade version I need to download to get 4K 60. Yeah. But like, no, that one's just built into the game, and it it just it's, it's a messy process. We'll be over that in like a year, whenever they're no longer. This is what it means. Stuff. Yeah, this is what it means uh, to believe in generations, I guess. <laughs> That's right. That's what it means. All right, it is time for Game on Game Show. The Game on our Gaming Show, where we play a game called Game on. The Game Show on our Gaming Show. Game, 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 game. This is the first time in a while that we've had a Game on Game Show, so I'm excited to see its return here. Holden, we have a brand new game today. I have already foreshadowed that it has to do with Ubisoft, and the game is called very aptly ubisoft's shittiest games and <laughs> for this i have I've, I've chosen seven games that all have a terrible metacritic score uh and are published by ubisoft so uh, of these games i will i will straight up tell you that this will be a very difficult game for you to guess the correct game but I think okay. it's still worth playing because of how fun some of these things are. So here's how the game is going to work. I'm going to read. Uh, I will tell you a little bit about the game, like its release date, the score that it got, maybe the platform that it's on. And then I might tell you whether or not it's a licensed game, just because of how difficult some of these are going to be to guess. But then I'm going to read you snippets from some of the reviews, the critic reviews. None of these are user re reviews. All of these are critic reviews. And you have to try to guess what game it was based on those snippets from the reviews oh this is gonna be fun yep uh so uh we're gonna go from uh, we're gonna get progressively worse in metacritic score as we go <laughs> uh, these are not necessarily the lowest rated but they are they are all under a 50 for sure on metacritic and um some of the most recognizable ones with the funnest reviews so let's start with this first one it's a, a wii game I also, I will specifically call out the platform for these reviews and this score because sometimes, especially, you know, in the early 2000s, there were multi-platform games, but certain versions of them were worked on by different studios and they were much shittier ports. So I will call out specifically that the platform that we're talking about on this. So this is a Wii game, came out November 17th, 2009, and it has a 49 on Metacritic. Gaming XP, it's going to get worse from here. It's going to get worse from here, <laughs> yes. Gaming XP wow. said about this game, it's a really fun party game, but you should have some sense of rhythm. IGN says, and they gave it a 2 out of 10, do not buy this game. Do not rent this game. Do not look at this game on the shelf. Don't even think about this game lest someone at Ubisoft find out and they prep a sequel. Such would be the end of all things. Mark my words. That's Whoa. from the official IGN review. With those two reviews, Whoa. can you? I, I'll give you two guesses. I'll if you guess once and you get it wrong, I'm, I might give you a clue, and then we'll give you a second chance before I reveal it. Um, really quick, what was the year again? Two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine. Okay. I don't think it's Just Dance because Just Dance is I don't think review that badly. 
Keep but in I, mind, I, I can't think of other Ubisoft party. titles as well, so you can think back in your catalog of Ubisoft games. I have so many Ubisoft <laughs> games I just love. Um, it's one of my favorite companies. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what other party games they've done. Oh, they did some rabid party games on the Wii, and I can totally see them cashing in and making some just absolute, you know, horseshit motion game on the Wii. Is the platform it, it, all right? I don't. I don't know the name of the Rabbids games, and I don't want to cheat and look online. So this the, is be the original guess, Rabbids but, game on Wii was called Rayman Raving Rabbids. Okay, uh, but they really several of them. Is this a Rabbids game? I'm not going to guess the this title. Is this is not no a Rabbids game. Could, no, this is not a Rabbids. It's not game. a Rabbids game. It's not a Just Dance game. This is a franchise with which you are very familiar. Maybe not from like oh, a, really? you've played this game, but you. This is a this is a franchise that you know. Really? Yep. It's a party game. Yep. It is a, apparently, according to Gaming XP, a really fun party game, but you should have some sense of rhythm. I have no fucking clue. I don't know what this is. What, what is it? It is Just Dance. <laughs> is it really? It is Just Dance. Just, just Dance apparently, 2010? 2009. The original Just 2009? Dance on Wii. Apparently, it was so bad... That Ubisoft said, please, dear God, no one get it, uh, so in hopes that Ubisoft won't find out and prep a Just Dance 2. Like, they didn't even want a sequel. This is uh, the first one, then. The very first that one, That is yeah. hilarious. I, like, completely wrote off Just Dance. Like, it couldn't possibly be Just Dance. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It just gets wow. better from here. You mean worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one. It is a Game Boy Advance game. Came out March 18th, 2002. Has a Metacritic of 47. And I will let you know, Oof. this one is a licensed movie tie-in. So it is a, a, a game about a game from a movie that came out in the same era, uh, region of 2002. Um, Oof, that's nin- tough. Nintendo Power. Go ahead, sorry. Nintendo Power said probably not cool enough for experienced gamers it's perfect for beginners game informer says this game is strictly for kids and when i say kids i mean the kind that may in fact still wear diapers the smelly kind is this a rugrats the the movie game this is not a rugrats the movie game i will uh, i'll read nintendo powers uh, quote again and i'll stress you the cool thing word. yeah probably yeah. not cool enough for experienced gamers it is perfect for beginners i have no idea Life 2002 from a dreamworks movie oh dreamworks okay that was shrek then or was that The cool thing's actually throwing me off because I keep wanting to put that in the title. <laughs> as soon as I say the name, you're like, oh, I get it. But, like, I don't think Shrek would be, like, cool. But that's the only DreamWorks movie I can think of from that era. Oh, not DreamWorks. You said DreamWorks Animation or just DreamWorks? Oh, God, I don't know. Okay. It is an animated film. It is, Okay. Yes. The I'm just gonna say, I know I'm probably wrong, but I'm just gonna say Shrek is the only early 2000s Dreamers movie I can Shrek, think of. But it is yeah, Ice I didn't think it Age, was. 
Ice oh, Age. Oh, I totally forgot Blade Ice Man. Age is a thing. Yep. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, forty yeah. seven. Oof. Yeah, forty seven. And Game Informer. Can't believe I cannot it was... imagine reading Game Informer magazine and they're telling you like this game fucking sucks and you should still wear diapers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this next one, it is uh, a game released for the Wii, November sixteenth, two thousand and ten. Metacritic score of forty six. GamePro uh, gave it a 4 out of 10, and they said, it's not that the idea of pushing this franchise into on-rails territory could make good use of the Wii's control setup without its, uh, is without merit. Other franchises have gone a similar route with great success. The problem is that it's executed so poorly that it feels like a cheap cash-in on the franchise name rather than an innovative twist that brings something new and exciting to the series. Nintendo World Report also gave it a 4 out of 10. They say the combination of the lackluster settings and tedious gameplay makes for a disappointing game. Straight up, this is just a, pain, a pitiful rail shooter. And with the amount of other good rail shooters on Wii, there is no reason to even think about getting this game. And then finally, Games Radar gave it a 2 out of 10 and says, there's no good reason to have this game in your home. <laughs> hmm. This is this is impossible. I'm never gonna guess any of these. <laughs> it's a Ubisoft, <laughs> but this is still shooter really franchise. Oh, so it's a shooter franchise, but is right, it a they, shooter franchise to begin with? It, so it's a, a Ubisoft shooter franchise that you can glean okay. from these things has been turned into an on rails experience for the Wii. Did they do a Far Cry on Wii? This is not a Far they Cry. They also do good. They did a Far Cry game on Wii, which also got terrible reviews, but none of the reviews uh, were would even let you know what it is, so or were interesting. Enough. They also do Tom Clancy. They have Tom Clancy as well. That could be a shooter, but then like which Tom Clancy Tom Clancy franchise is it going to be? Because there's like a bajillion of those. Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling like it's Tom Clancy. It is Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Apparently had a shitty Wii port. Okay. There were so many shitty Wii ports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's the next one. This one came out in... Uh, sorry, this one is a... This was the PC version of this one. Um, <laughs> PC and the last review is from the PSP version, but they were both apparently terrible. They both got the same Metacritic score. Uh, so this game came out November 13th, 2007. Got a Metacritic score of 44. And it was also a licensed game based on a movie. I have five reviews I'm going to read for this one. The first one is Game Informer. Gave it a 58, actually. It says, in this day and age, it shouldn't come as a surprise that a game based on a movie fares poorly. But for a character who survived since 700 AD, he deserves better treatment than this. PC Gamer says, 749. Instead of spending $50 on this game, read the poem instead. This game isn't epic, it's just epically tedious. IGN said, Ubisoft Shanghai and Tiwok, which I guess is the name of the studio, did a magnificent job of butchering the reimagining of a classic tale and providing plenty of disposable derivative gameplay to go along with it. 
PC Gamer UK says, they gave it a 17 out of 100, it made me tear my own arm off. <laughs> and then about the PSP version, GameSpot said, a 35 out of 100, while the console versions were merely mediocre, the PSP version of this game is aggressively wretched as Grendel itself. Grendel. I feel like I should know that. At first I was thinking, is this like a uh, video game adaptation of Troy or something? But I don't, I don't think there's a character named Grendel in there. And Grendel, what's Grendel? I don't know what Grendel is. I have no idea. You're you're kind of on the right track. A character from 700 AD. Read the poem mm-hmm. instead. This game isn't epic. Yeah. It's been an epic of Gilgamesh. That's, that's also way, way, way before uh, 700 AD. Um, There's also a movie about it, it. It's in ho- 2007. It was a pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty wide release. Got a lot of attention. Some pretty famous people in it. Also animated-ish, kind of. Oh, is this um, Beowulf? This is Beowulf the game, yes. Yeah. That's right. I totally forgot of the, the movie that also looks like a video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got three more. This one came out in March 20th of 2007. It is a PSP game is the version we're reading from. Metacritic of 37. IGN says... <laughs> it's Wait, what was the certain, platform in year again? Uh, PSP, March 20th, 2007. Okay. IGN says, It's certainly not terrible, and the rhythmic jumping action has some fun energy, but the fact remains that the game just ends up feeling inconsistent due to sloppy storytelling, and more importantly, an absolutely awful fighting engine. GameSpy, who gave it a 20 out of 100, says, It wasn't fun for a second, and I would strongly caution any gamer tempted to even rent this one. The shoddy and confusing storyline will make this game repugnant to even diehard fans. And then Games Whoa. Radar says, who gave it a 30 out of 100, says, Avoid this one like the glowing radioactive ooze that it is. Glowing radioactive ooze. It I is think that's also, my biggest hint. It is also... A licensed movie tie-in. Monsters vs. Aliens? Was that 2007? It wasn't, no. Is that your that, guess? That was a big 3D. No, because that was... That's, that's not the guess, because that was a 3D movie, and that didn't really start happening until after 2009, when Avatar came out. Speaking of Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2007. I used to have like movies down. I used to know like, everything about movies, and now I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about movies in a long time. I have no idea. The game's no radar what is, is, a big, is a big hint. Avoid this one like the glowing radioactive ooze that it is. Yeah, I... That's what made me think about like Seth Rogen's kind of blue ooze character in Monster vs. Aliens, but it's not that, and like, now I have that in my head, so I can't get it out of my head. Um, even though it's not the answer. <laughs> so, glowing radioactive ooze in 2007. I'll give you one more hint. I have the movie yeah, it's based on hint, yeah. is a Michael Bay film. Oh, is it a Transformers? Transformers came out that year. It is not Transformers. But it is another Michael Bay film. <laughs> 
Oh man, I I only know of that and gain and pain. Um I got I got no clues. It is D'Angelo's own TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. Oh, that's right, D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best Ninja Turtle. He's the best Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I for that came out in two thousand seven. I thought that was like after he did Transformers. So, wow. TMNT movie release date? Not nineteen ninety. That's the original one, you dummy. Yeah. Um. The Secret of the Ooze was the subtitle for the second Turtles movie. Um. Uh, oh, okay. sorry. I misled you. TMNT the film came out in two thousand fourteen. TMNT the game, which I guess is based on a different. TMNT property hmm. uh, was 2007. Okay, two more. This one uh, is the DS version of this game. Came out November 21st, 2005. Has a Metacritic of 28. Jesus, has it happened? Yeah. I'm about uh, to find GameSpot, out how that happened. <laughs> this one, we have two reviews for this one. GameSpot uh, gave it a 28 out of 100 says this poor excuse of a first person shooter is so bad that other developers should study it and use it as a guide for what to avoid when putting together similar games in the future <laughs> wow yeah IGN who gave it a 30 out of 100 says you don't get to rampage in the city you don't get to climb the building you don't get to fight off planes you don't even get to enjoy the change in visuals after playing 17 stupidly short levels that all looked the same This is a shooter? Uh, GameSpot says this poor excuse of a first-person shooter, et cetera, et cetera. On a DS. That's interesting. I remember that they brought Sorry, some... this is also a licensed movie tie-in. And what was the year again? 2000... 2005. 2005. Movie license tie-in game. The biggest issue here is I don't remember the movies that came out these years, so I have like no idea. Like, oh, is this is this King Kong? This is Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie. Yes. <laughs> Damn. The DS version specifically, although the rest were not good either. All Wasn't right. the 360 version notable, or is that notable for being really bad? Probably notable for being really bad. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Um, it, in fact, Ubisoft I don't did think this it was many movie tie-in games. The, it was the OG Xbox that was on because we had it. My sister got it because she loves King Kong. I remember it was a big deal. It was coming to 360 because that was one of the first, like I think, launch games for the 360 was King uh, Kong. Maybe it was I a cross-gen. Probably, yeah. I mean, it was on everything. So, as movie tie-in games usually King are. Kong game. PSP, GameCube, the IBM PC. <laughs> um, the Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah, so it came out. It, yeah, it was a cross-gen game. In fact, it came out on OG Xbox November 17th, 2005. And then came out on Xbox 360 like three weeks later, December 2nd. Okay, here's an even weirder thing. Those are the These are the European releases. The North American release... OG Xbox was November 21st, 2005. The 360 version was a day later on November 22nd. 
Maybe that's because the that was the when day that three, 360 launched. Yeah, 360 came. Yeah, that would make sense. Interestingly, didn't come to. Uh, oh no, it did come to PlayStation Two, but not PlayStation Three. Okay, one more game. I unless I like heavily lean into these, and I might. You're not going to get this game. You've never heard of this game before, but you might guess it based on some of the clues. This is a PC only game. Came out March 25th, 2002. Has a Metacritic of 22. Again, published by Ubisoft. IGN gave it a 2 out of 10. Says, a horrid, wretched, abysmal excuse for a racer that comes wrapped in a pretty but see-through package. GameZone gave it a 5 out of 10. And says, I will give it one thumbs up as a fun game to play. With some really beautiful scenery. And then in parentheses says, wink, wink. And then Computer Gaming World gave it a 2 out of 10 and says, A disjointed assortment of poorly produced 5 second clips and no nudity. This game is also a restaurant tie-in. <laughs> it's a restaurant tie-in? It is a restaurant tie-in game. Is this like Hooters the game or something? This is Hooters Road Trip for PC. Really? It's a Hooters <laughs> racing game. <laughs> yes, it is. Who pitched that? <laughs> I don't know, but Ubisoft said yes. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. What's amazing, what I'm learning from this, what I'm amazing is Ubisoft is not considered a great developer. Like, one of the, the greats, I would say. They're they're fine, but they've gotten a lot better over the years. <laughs> yeah, it really made me appreciate the last, like, ten years. Yeah. That is it for Ubisoft's shittiest games. That is it for Game on Game Show. And that is it for our episode this week of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Holden, for braving the terrible heat and nakedity nudity is overrated <laughs> nakedity is the new word i have clothes uh, on to be very clear i have clothes on chad is lying <laughs> well okay body hair counts as clothes only if it covers her nipples <laughs> and uh you have some homework as our listeners you have a couple of things to do first is go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire if you'd like to be a patron for a dollar a month you can play with us on game nights we just played overwatch last week and that was a ton of fun if you love playing against pc players with no auto aim and it's awful for you and you have like terrible dreams about it now um but you can play that with us every single week on game nights uh, which we are moving to Friday nights now, just because our survey that we did, a lot of you told us Thursdays didn't really work so well. So we're doing it on Friday nights. It also allows you to go see Black Widow on Thursday night next week. So go do that. You can also get dope wallpapers, like the Pride wallpaper we have up there right now. And then you can also vote for what we play for Barf every single month, our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. As we mentioned last week, we are still kind of working our way through Red Dead Redemption 2. We're going to delay that from this week to uh, maybe about a week or a week and a half from now before we talk about it. But I promised I would put a poll up, and I didn't, so I'm going to do it today, right after we get done recording, uh, of smaller games that we can play for July that will go much quicker uh, to compensate. So go to patreon.com slash respawnaimfire. And then also just hang out with us on Twitter. We love communicating with all of you guys. And um, also talk to us on the phone. Here's Holden's phone number. He loves talking on the phone. It's 828-641-1776. (laughs) 
That Whose is phone number is that? I have no idea. I just made up those numbers. 828 is like a, a mountains of North Carolina area code. So you'll get someone in North Carolina or who has some roots there. Does it count um, as doxing if you don't know the person you're doxing? You just no. give out fake. It's like, <laughs> it's like last week whenever I posted all those social security numbers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> If I just make up numbers and it's the right number of digits and you don't know anything else about the person, then they're useless. So I just put five people's random social security numbers on Twitter. <laughs> they could be dead. Who knows? At least with those, though, you get a person. Like, every one of those is a person. But if you call... Well, I guess landlines you could still call. <laughs> what if landlines are just... It doesn't matter. Uh, that's it for our show, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, until next time, here's our usual sign-off. 828-641-177. I don't remember the last digit. We'll call it a two. Call that number and talk to Holden. <laughs>